creative journey It's easy to get lost But don't worry, you'll lift off Sometimes you just need a creative pep talk Hey, you're listening to Creative Pep Talk, a weekly podcast companion for your creative journey. I'm your host, Andy J. Pizza. I'm a New York Times bestselling author and illustrator. And whether I'm illustrating for clients like Apple or Xbox or pep talking creative teams at places like Warby Parker or Sesame Street, I aim to tell stories that make us remember why life is worth saying yes to. And I'm also ADHD, which means it takes a whole lot of creativity just to even get by on this planet in this time. And I'm just sharing the things that are helping me do that in case they help you too. really needed to rehaul my website. I was talking to some web people, looking around, and I got intrigued by Squarespace's new fluid engine, partially because it just sounds cool, but also because it allows you to drag and resize and layer up anything you can imagine. I dove in, rebuilt my site. It's the most me site that I've ever had. I just absolutely love it. Launched it. Got such a great response. Some industry illustration and designy peers even reached out and was like, hey, who coded this thing, man? I'm like, y'all, I did it by myself. No coding with Squarespace's new Fluid Engine. I told him, like, you should go check it out. You're going to be surprised with what you can do. And I built this thing before Squarespace reached out to sponsor the show. So I was like, boom, easy peasy. I was going to tell you about this new site anyway. Go check it out, AndyJPizza.com if you want to see what I did with it. If you want to try it yourself, make a site that's totally you where you can build a portfolio, sell content and courses and all kinds of other stuff, head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain with promo code PEPTALK, all one word, all uppercase. This episode is supported by In The Making, an original podcast brought to you by Adobe Express, the all-in-one content creation app included in your Creative Cloud membership. If you are trying to boost the YouTube, TikTok, Reels content side of what you're doing, one episode of In The Making that I think will be super useful to you is their episode with John Yushai. I think John's method for including his audience in the process is really inspiring. And if you want to hear about that and more about leveling up your game in the creator economy, just search In The Making in your podcast player to listen. Many thanks to In The Making and Adobe Express for their support. If you are a creator of any kind, it can be incredibly difficult to navigate how you present your work, how people reply or resonate or react to your work, how sales enter that, you know, the mixture of doing something for yourself and then bringing anybody else into that equation, whether it's just opening it up to the forum online on social media or actually going to the point of selling your creativity, mixing art and commerce or mixing art with not just yourself, but other people can be dicey territory and it can get really complicated really quickly. If you are finding yourself in a place where Maybe you completed some goals and you're like, should I just set more goals? Should I just take it to the next level? Or if you're in a place where you're having a hard time separating the stuff you're making and the impulse to create and still having fun and playing with also making something that you can profit off of or sell to other people, if the goal-oriented side of yourself and the creative-oriented side of yourself are struggling or in battle with each other. This episode is for you. This is a conversation that I had with a online buddy of mine, Mauro Gatti. He is an Italian designer and illustrator working in America. 
Uh, I've known him for a long time online. I've actually contributed some illustration to his project, The Happy Broadcast, where he shares good news stories online and on Instagram. It's a, a project that I'm just a huge fan of. His work is excellent. He injects everything he makes with tons of humor and personality. And I just love his approach to creativity that is varied and has he has a lot of different arms to his creative practice. And I think it's one of the reasons he's had a lot of success. He embodies a lot of the ideas that we talk about on the show. And then recently, he's made a bigger effort to strike a balance between work and life and have creativity in his career in different compartments that are not as mixed. And so we get into that. If you stick around to the end of the episode, I'm going to share a call to a creative adventure that I hope is a mindset trick or mindset prompt that may help unlock your creativity. If you're blocked, if you're feeling like your hobby and your passion and your creativity is being ruined and squelched by commerce, this tool may help. I'll be back at the end with that. So stick around if that sounds juicy for you. And without further ado, here is my chat with Morrow. Here's where I wanted to start. I know we have some stuff we want to chat about, but I wanted to start with something that I felt was more pressing that we needed to just get out of the way from the get-go because- Pizza? I, yes. How did you know? I was going to say, I was going to say, the real question is, are you mad at me when I've <laughs> self-appointed myself as the pizza guy and yet here you are, a real Italian and someone who definitely somehow eats more pizza than I do. <laughs> I don't know how that's possible. It's, I mean, it's, it's an amazing question. And, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, did you start or are we? Yeah, we're going, we're rolling. Oh, we're in. okay. Okay. So <laughs> Like definitely no offense taken. And the reason why is that pizza is all about happiness, you know, yeah. like, so I feel like that if there is like a food that I would associate with you, it's like pizza. And Thanks, so man. what I'm mad about is that I didn't think before you to change my last name <laughs> to pizza. Uh, yeah. but, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we can get into the weeds of like the kind of pizza because I am obsessed with pizza as I think as much as you do. And yeah. we can turn this episode into like a, a pizza connoisseur session, but, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to get carried away, but I do think <laughs> I do need to know what your kind of go-to is, uh, in terms of style as well as. Uh, the follow-up question is, I think from social media, I've gathered that you do a lot of walking, but I'm just interested in how you put away all this pizza and look as healthy and, and, uh, and ready to go as you are. Cause I can't, I can't imagine <laughs> I, like I'm, you're living my dream essentially. Every time I go on Instagram, I'm like, dude, this guy's eating another incredible looking pizza and I'm eating a salad today. I, I would say that like, I think it's like, I have to thank my parents, I guess, mm -hmm. because it's like the metabolism is there. I feel like yeah. that being Italian grant you uh, a faster metabolism when it comes to carbs. Yeah. Um, but I have to say that the secret for, and, and I created like these very, small clubs because no one can join or wants to join. It's like the eat pizza every day club. Uh, I, I know that I have a long, uh, you know, list of people that would love to be in, but the only way to be in the club is like eating pizza every day. And it's just few people. Um, but it's the quality of the pizza, you know, like, yeah. you know, right, a yeah. lot of, a lot of like commercial pizza has like tons of ingredients, but the, the pizza is like, you know, flour, yeast, salt, water, and then, of mm. course, like 
tomato and, and good cheese. So if the ingredients are good and the proofing of the dough is like, you know, 24 hours, 48 hours, yeah. you know, it makes it way easier to be digested. So my advice is always like go for the best pizza, the healthiest, yeah. the simplest one, and that's gonna be easy on your stomach. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think even from being an, an experienced pizza eater, that's been true. And as I've gotten older, I've trended to go more simple and like the places where they're making this dough in-house, they're wood firing it. Those are all the ones that I go for these days. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that the pizza culture in the past 10 years has exploded. So, um, you know, you can find so many places that where the pizza YOLO, you know, spend some time yeah. in Italy to gather some intel and then yeah. they move back and they and they added their own, you know, spin um, to the to the recipe. But yeah, I'm, 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 of course, like super happy to see that you know, the, the most amazing food is like uh, more and more like widespread, uh, ubiquitous, yeah. you know, in the US yeah. uh, and the quality easier is to so, find than ever. It's easier to find, you know, absolutely like good, good quality pizza. And, you know, like during the pandemic, like my main skill was like making pizza. So I, I spent oh, really? like two years. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was crazy. You know, the pandemic started and I ordered like a pizza oven from Italy. <laughs> like, what? Uh, I, yeah, I put, I installed <laughs> it in my backyard and like for two years, I got obsessed with like perfecting, you know, pizza recipe, testing different flowers, water temperatures. It, it was, oh it was pretty insane. Like that, that oven saw a lot of like uh, action. So it was, it was pretty awesome. That's and was that before you left LA? That was LA then. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was in LA. It was in LA. Um, you know, again, I, I was lucky enough to have my own, you know, house during the pandemic, and you know, I had yeah. a close close circle of friends because, of course, you were hanging out with people that were like testing and so forth. But you know, it was basically my house was basically the restaurant, <laughs> so. <laughs> I had friends coming over, uh, and so I was baking, you know, all all the time, and and it was yeah. amazing to the point where, you know, because of my you know curiosity and you know constantly changing like life goals, uh, yeah. I was really thinking about like should should I make this into like a business uh, yeah. or like a like a career change and. And I didn't do it, but it, it's still it's still top of my mind. I kid you not. That was my follow up question: was knowing you're a creative person, I can't imagine that it didn't cross your mind to go pro. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There, there is like a sort of I think that like cooking is definitely, and, and you know, like we often associate creativity with the arts, music, painting, sculpting, but. However, creativity is not isolated to the arts. And so to me, cooking uh, is definitely, um, you know, something that I, I, I associated with like a creative spirit, you know, like yeah. the way you can make things. And, and when you see the, like it was like on Netflix, the show about pizza, I don't remember, Chef Table Pizza or something. And, and you were seeing these people like using like flour, specific ingredients, you know, like adding their own spin, you know, to recipes. And to me, that's like being super creative, you know, yeah. because at the end oh, of the yeah. day, creativity is that ability to formulate like a novel perspective, you know, on things. Yeah. And, and cooking is like a, 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 a blank slate you know, like where you can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah. And I've always been kind of attracted and interested in cooking as a creative art form because it's so applied and there it's kind of, kind of, it has a lot, I feel like it has a lot in common with comedy where the result is so clear. Like when people love the food, it's really obvious. And there's a real mix of craft. And then you do have to inject 
artistry and creativity to keep it fresh and new. And there's, I don't know. I, I always, I feel like I've learned a lot from people in the culinary world. It's, it's absolutely true. And, and like, you know, personally for me, I associate like cooking to the memories of my grandma. Like she was always in the kitchen, like a true Italian, you know, grandma, like the stereotypical Italian grandma. But to me, that's like how she was showing love, uh, you know, how she was constantly, you know, creating. And so I have still to these days, you know, like when I smell something, it triggers that memory. And there are only few things, you know, that give me that sort of like, um, you know, that has that effect uh, on me. Yeah. Like she was making like the best tiramisu. Like that was, I, I, I still remember the taste and I found in New York a, a restaurant that makes it and has like a similar flavor. And I kid you not, the first time that I took a bite, uh, I was like moved. You know, there was oh, this yeah. like, you know, like that yeah. like rush of like memories uh, that, 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 that exploded. Like yeah. Ratatouille, you know, like when, yeah. when, when you when you watch Ratatouille and you have that sort of like that's and, and I feel like that that food has that that magical, um, you know, power of yeah. uh, creating imprinting like in your DNA, imprinting itself in your DNA. So to me, that's that's amazing. Well, it's, and, and I, question for you, sure. what's your favorite things to cook? Uh, favorite things to cook, man. I feel like I've gotten a little bit out of it recently because I got real into just kind of like the basics stuff. But I'd say right now, my favorite thing is anything with eggs and chili crunch oil. Like I know that's Ooh. having a moment, but I just, I could put, if you didn't fry an egg, put some of that garlic chili crunch oil on it throw that on a leftover slice of pizza like oh, that's man. next level and i'm just a, put some I'm put some drops that. of honey put some Ooh, drops yeah. of honey as well yeah yeah it's gonna i love the uh, honey drizzle yep i'm all about it that's a that's a great that's a great tip i hadn't even thought about that um okay so i i could keep <laughs> going down this track but we probably shouldn't um, since neither of us are known for any of our, well, <laughs> kind of, we kind of are, but not professionally known for culinary, uh, adventures. Um, but I want uh, one thing I wanted to ask you real quick, cause I don't really know the story. Uh, you know, I heard elsewhere somewhere you were talking about your project, the happy broadcast, and, which I love. I'm just a huge fan of. And if people don't know, that's, it's like a good news thing that you do through Instagram and there's a book. Um, it's just an incredible project. Um, but I heard when the book came out, you were talking about having different levels of struggle with anxiety. And I kind of thought yeah. like, as someone who is not, um, wasn't born in America, but you've been here for, I think something like 15 years. That's a pretty big adventure for someone who has nerves and anxiety. So how did that happen? That's a very good question. I definitely have anxiety, you know, like yeah. I don't have like a fragile, you know, uh, mental health, but there are like definitely things that are challenging and they trigger anxiety to the extreme you know, uh, part of it, of maybe even turning into panic attacks and so forth. And definitely one, one of the thing that like became like a huge trigger when I moved here, uh, where like the news, um, yeah. it was like, without getting into the, the, the political side of it, but you know, I moved here when Obama was president and I feel like as everyone saw that as a sort of like change. Yeah. Um, you know, even the campaign was all about like changing, progressing. And and so I came here yeah. like filled uh, with like hopes, you know, for 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 the future. And we all know what happened and how quickly the news became, 
you know, venomous, you know, yeah. that vitriol rhetoric, those lies and, you know, the constant barrage of them. You know, we, we, we live in a, I think, of course, we live in a society made of like multi screens, you know, you have devices yeah. with push notifications that comes from everywhere. And while I know that the solution is like, you know, like turn off the push notifications, um, but I'm also against uh, like closing myself off the news, you know, yeah. because yeah. if you don't know what's wrong, A, you cannot help and B, you cannot learn uh, in terms of like avoiding making the same mistakes. Yeah. And so I feel I, I, I felt like totally overwhelmed, anxious to the point of like that anxiety becomes social anxiety. You know, you're starting to hear that the world is like dying, that climate change is irreversible, that yeah. like, you know, the world is so divided, um, polarized, uh, people threatening to kill someone that has a different opinion. You also saw what happened with the um, woman that uh, w was just killed because she had the LGBTQ plus flag uh, outside yeah. of her store. So it's definitely, it was definitely very heavy, but um, there was a part of me that, of course I'm in therapy, of course I'm doing all of that. I've been doing it for a while, but one of the things was like, as a creative person, you know, I have a sort of responsibility if I see a problem to find a solution. Yeah. It's what I was talking about before um, that like, you know, as artists, uh, creativity, curiosity are definitely, you know, curiosity is the seed of creativity. So my curiosity yeah. at the time was like, are there good news? I mean, like, it seems very apparent that like, whatever the media conglomerate was, whether it's queuing left, right, center, like they were all like feeding off the negative bias, which is a scientifically proven, you know, thing, which, you know, we linger more or we are more attracted by, you know, the danger, the negativity, you know, because yeah. our instinct is to survive. And so, like good news, they last for a second, but the, when there are like bad news, you know, and the news outlet, uh, you know, turn them into like a 24 hours coverage, you know, like yeah. you start to become <laughs> obsessed with it. You know, you're, you're like pursuing, uh, you know, those news and the side effect is that, uh, you know, you become more and more isolated from society, you know? Yeah. Um, because the other thing, and again, I don't want to start talking about too many biases, but you know, like the negative bias. And then you have the confirmation bias, which yeah. has is also like a pillar of the news where the tendency of people to just favor information that confirms their beliefs. So, yeah. you know, if you're like mixing these two biases, it becomes very toxic. And so my reaction was like on top, and I will say it forever, like therapy. So do some work, uh, you know, to just like, talk about these feelings instead of yeah. like pushing down, pushing down was also to say like, look, what can I do? You know, so um, yeah. I'm not a journalist, you know, I'm not like an influencer. I'm, I'm none of that. Uh, I'm a shy, you know, creative. Um, and so the way we express ourselves and you do it like beautifully is to draw, Thanks. you know, to yeah. use like to use like our like art, illustrations, you know, doodles, uh, however we want to define it to like say something. And that, that was like how the happy broadcast was, was born. It was like, I'm gonna dedicate my free time outside of work uh, to find the good news, to dig deep and find something because there are like good news in the world. There are like amazing people that are doing yeah. amazing things that are like, uh, you know, fixers, doers, problem solvers. Yeah. The problem is that they never get like a, a spot uh, in the in the first page of, of a newspaper. You know, they yeah. never get prime time. And so I was like, that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm just going to find this news. I'm going to create an illustration that goes with them. Uh, and I'm going to call them anxiety free news because you know, selfishly, when I started the project, uh, I never thought about like, 
you know, oh, this is gonna influence a lot of people. It's gonna become like a, a social media community. It was really like, I'm just gonna do it for me. You know, it's something by exposing myself to the good news, I'm like balancing, you know, the bad news. And so yeah. I instantly started to feel better. And so for the first year, I was just like doing like five illustrations a week um, with like 25 followers. Uh, so, but you know, at the end of the year, it was just like, like I, I felt so much better. You know, yeah. I knew that there was like um, this opportunity for me to express myself. And so, um, you know, the, the goal at the end of this is that, you know, like families, kids especially, you know, like need to know that the world is not the frightening place portrayed in the media. And then there is so much good that is just, you know, hidden behind is like, gigantic pile of like uh, um, yeah, uh, horror uh, yeah. that is like, you know, put together. Yeah, I can I completely track and agree with that. And also what I love about that story is it illustrates something that I think is at the has been at the heart of the show from day one. We use the metaphor of the journey because it gets at the idea that there are going to be obstacles and there's going to be challenges. And one of the big shifts that was really hard for me to make and is still hard for me to keep top of mind in my every day is I think we often are waiting for a really amazing crea creative opportunity to drop in our lap. And yeah. When in fact, most of the time, you know, those, those, the biggest clients with the coolest projects, I'm super grateful for any of those that I've got to do. And I, I'm really proud of a lot of that work, but the most creative I've ever had to be was when there was an obstacle and I, instead of seeing it as something that's stopping me or destroying me, seeing it as the creative prompt the best creative prompt to really dig in and have to get creative. And I love that your story around anxiety in the news illustrates that so perfectly because all of us were, have been feeling that way, but very few of us used our art and creativity to really uh, tackle that personal problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, to, to, I feel like that somehow um, as creative people, we always talk about inspiration. Um, we need to be inspired. And I feel like that sometime like inspiration stop at like looking at other people work. Yeah. Um, for me, inspiration is also like getting inspired by, you know, the world, the stories, yeah. you know, like because at the end of the day, it's just a human thing to feel motivated when you see other people doing something, you know, yeah. and if you don't see it, you just feel paralyzed. You feel isolated, you know, like, um, you, you, you just feel that, um, you know, there's no hope. And, yeah. and the whole goal of the project is to give people the kind of hope that is not just like, I'm going to sit and hope for people to do something, but. Yeah. I'm, I'm just maybe going to do something, the smallest thing, um, because, you know, like many small actions can collectively make a big difference. You know, like I know that it's like a cliche, but, you know, it, it's true. Um, yeah. So that's the I feel like that's the um, the story uh, of of the of the happy broadcast that of course then became some books uh, where we we have made like an app uh, so it's it's a it's an ever evolving project that of course doesn't want to be just like constrained by social media but yeah. uh, want also to you know somehow uh, touch other like mediums and screens and uh and 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 support you know and and it's totally pro bono so i, I also want to say that like that's um you know just time that has been invested 
to make it um, um, you know like a, like a resource like a resource for people yeah. to just feel better at the end of the day so that's amazing I think most creators would agree that everybody has influences and especially when you're starting out, that's a lot of your motivation, what's interesting you about taking this path. But I think a lot of creators get stuck when at the end of that road, when it's really time to start telling your own stories and, you know, getting inspired by the world. But I think, you know, I remember in my early 20s, feeling the burden of that. And it took me a long time to figure out how do you do that? And this is such a good illustration of, you know, I talked to a lot of creators and I'm like, you know, you got to go find stories and fodder for the stuff that you're making. And they do get hung up on the fact that I'm not a journalist. I'm not a writer. I, I don't have any interesting things to say. And I just feel like this is such an illustration of exactly how to go find the stuff that inspires you and use it as a creative prompt. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like that sometime we might get stuck in the imposter syndrome, you know, like yeah. which is something that we all have. And we, we think like, oh, my style is not good or I don't have the skills to do it. And but at the end of the day, and, you know, I'm going to repeat myself a thousand times and I'm sorry for that. But like, <laughs> uh, I feel like that curiosity is yeah. what is gonna make us like better, you know, creatives, you know, like I, I, I remember, you know, as, as, a, as a kid that we get like chastised for being too curious, you know, like mm. don't do this, don't do that, don't look at that. But, you know, curiosity for me, and, and, and it's the same thing with the happy broadcast, you know, is, is the most influential driver behind my creativity, you know, it is the force uh, that helped me overcome the feeling of discomfort when I do the same thing over and over. And that's, and that's like a block that a lot of people have, like, yeah. you know, you draw, you're good at drawing, you do it for like 10 years. Uh, and then, and that's what happened also to me, you get to the point where you're like, is, is that it? You know, especially if yeah. you don't have any sort of like artistic, you know, goal, which I, I don't have to me, like being creative is like an act of self-expression. Um, yeah. So it's like an urge that I have. But so curiosity is is definitely, you know, the cure to my, you know, boredom or discomfort of like. I'm, I'm doing the same thing. And so the happy broadcast was the result of like, let me educate myself about, you know, the news, you know, mm -hmm. let me educate myself about, and I don't have to get a, a degree in journalism because the happy broadcast is like an echo chamber for things that exist. So I'm not like yeah. writing articles, doing news stories. And, 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 and it's, it's just like, again, like an echo chamber for positivity. So that's, I feel like how curiosity also help you cultivate empathy, you know, like, so to me, yeah. that's like the most, the most important thing, you know, the most foundational thing that is also, you know, at the core of, of the happy broadcast. The thing that I thought was really insightful that you just said, that is a, a great takeaway for me great takeaway for lots of creators I know is that curiosity can be the antidote to imposter syndrome. There's so many creators I know that have these deep interests that they want to make work about, but they feel like, oh, I need another degree. I need this thing. But you'd be blown away by how when you bring your skills, your creative skills, whether like, I know a musician that's really into geology and, and, and rocks and all that kind of thing. Like if you step into that world, you're going to be embraced and encouraged, especially if you're approaching it in a respectful way by the, the experts are going to love that you're bringing something totally different to the table. And the, tr and the same thing has been true for me as a creator 
you know, sometimes I'll interview people in the psychology world or the business world or the research world. And they're always like, receive it with arms wide open because they want to connect it to other worlds. And I just love that you didn't let imposter syndrome, you figured out a way to do it that was respectful of journalism, um, but you amplified what they're doing with your illustrations. So of course they're going to be excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I call it like creativity as a service, you know, like yeah. sometimes creativity is not just like the, 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 the process of creation is not what I'm focused on. I mean, of course you're making illustration, but the goal is like to use creativity to reach like a broader audience, you know, like yeah. to even through my drawings, you know, uh, focusing on like demographics uh, that are often like ignored by the news, which is like families with young kids that they can look at the illustration, they can learn about some topics. Uh, you know, yeah. there are like so many schools that reach out and ask if they can print the news, you know, and put them on the wall just that's to start so conversation. Cool. So I feel like that at the core of it is that's that's the goal, you know, like it's it's like education. I love that you said this as, as a service too, because I think that's another pitfall that happens in the creative journey where one, you know, at first you're going on this mission to be able to make the kind of creative work that lives up to your taste, as like Ira Glass would say. Like, how do you, that's a whole mission at first, but I, in my journey, and I've seen this in a couple of friends, once you get to that, that place where you're like, you like what you're making, sometimes you all, you lose that quest in your art or in that direction. And I've seen a lot of people like just completely switch gears, but a different thing you can do that I've, that's been really helpful to me and it sounds like what you're you've done is now quit seeing that aspect as the passion but use it as a skill like use it as how to how you're going to contribute to the world and how you're going to engage in stuff that you're into like it doesn't have to be you know you don't have to be it's easy to get stuck in that like i'm a designer making designs for other designers or illustrate you know you know you can replace that with any kind of craft yeah. But shifting into, okay, my passion used to be illustration, but now it's just a tool. And now I'm going to apply that tool in a direction that is inspiring in my real life. That's, that's very, very well said. And I, I feel like that to me, you know, one interesting thing that I've discovered with age, uh, because I might sound super young, but I'm 45. <laughs> uh, I don't even know young. if I sound young. I don't even, you know. yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, to me, th there is something that I call life goals and career goals. Um, yeah. So it, illustration to me, it's part of like career, you know, like you can be an illustrator and you have goals. I want to work for like the biggest brands, you know, like I want to do like a mural and um, but life goals is, is, is a different thing, you know, like, because to me, and I have changed so many, always within the realm of creativity, but my career has been like a, like a pinball, you know, I've been like, I've tried so many <laughs> things, but the question for me is like, what do you want to do? Always changes, you know? And, and I came to realize that that's okay because yeah. In the past, uh, and I think that we have all been somehow programmed to think that changing jobs, changing career, or I'll say it out loud, even work less than other people is wrong. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, but you know what I came to realize, and this is comes with age, I think, you know, that what's wrong is to do things because of peer pressure or to adhere to some like standards created to make us think that success is the only currency in life, you know? Yeah, like, so definitely. curiosity, uh, I think it's called uh, like uh, mimetic desire, which is like the we desire, basically we mimic from the people and culture around us uh, 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 oh, the yeah, things yeah. that we want. So we don't really want them, but because everyone else is doing them, we model our way it, 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 so that appears as like I'm doing the same thing that other people are doing. And 
going yeah. back to what we were saying, like if you're creative, you know, you should set like a life goal. And it's like, what do I want to do with my creativity? You know, like, and to me, a life goal is never like, I want to do a mural. I want to work for this company. It's more like, I want to use my creativity to do X, you know, yeah. like, and that is like, you know, cross it, it. It's basically not specific to going back to the cooking. You know, you might, you know, be an illustrator for like 10 years and then your creativity shift into something else, but you're going to bring your like art uh, into also the cooking, you know, yeah. like you're yeah. going to bring everything that you have learned into this this new job or you know uh enterprise that you want to start so the the goal is always like pick what is you want you know like yeah. other people will try to influence you tell you that you're doing like a bad decision but i feel like that growth and and happiness will always have to be subjective you know like what works for me I think it's the most important thing. So, um, and yeah, uh, I'm, glad, I'm so, glad you go ahead. No, no, sorry. I, I, I think I always finish the phrases like if I want to say something more, but, uh, I don't. So please, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I get that. Um, yeah, but I'm glad you brought that up because I know you've had even a more recent shift and I'm kind of right in the middle of a similar thing where I, in, in my 20s and, and early 30s, had this really clear objective. And then as in my, as I'm entering my second half of my 30s, I can feel myself being more balancing that with, you could call it lifestyle, but it's really more about the process. And I even, as you were saying that, I was thinking, it kind of reminds me of some things that I picked up uh, in the little bit of time that I've spent in the business world side of things, where there's a difference between a vision and a mission. And a vision is much less about let's go conquer this thing. And it's more like, like, what do we want to be about? Like, what are we trying to change or what are we trying to bring about? through the things that we're accomplishing. Um, I don't know if it's exactly that, but what I'd love to hear more about what either brought this change or what you think is the most interesting piece of it or, or kind of the catalyst to this different approach in thinking around creativity in life. Um, yeah, that's 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 a very good question. It's, it, and it's also like a very recent, you know, change of the many changes that I had, you know, so it's not like the first time that I do this. Uh, it's I feel like it's a pattern that goes back to what I was saying before that, you know, I, I, I need to I need to know more like my curiosity constantly needs to be fed with new things. That's why some people knows me uh, as an illustrator. Some other people knows me as a creative director. Some other people knows me as like whatever, maybe like a pizza a review uh, guy. Uh, but it's just because like I, I feel like that, like I was saying in the beginning, you know, like to me, creativity is like a gift. And if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to develop, you know, that gift to use it, to me, it's very important to not get stuck into something because of, you know, um, financial reasons or like status quo or like clout. Yeah. Um, so my life has always been, my career, I would say, has always been like, like I said, like a pinball, you know, like I wanted to, yeah. you know, I wanted to work in advertising, uh, you know, like growing up, uh, watching those like sweet 80s commercials I was like I want to do that you yeah. know like and I and I did it and then I went into the digital and I created my own agency and I sold it and then I wanted to work into animation and you know I work on this like amazing kid show called uh, 
you know, storyboards on Netflix. Uh, yeah. And then I wanted to work on products. And so I work on, you know, like even my last job was like the creative director of WhatsApp, which is like, you know, biggest app uh, to communicate in the world and so forth. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that I got to... Th- I got to a point and I'm not saying that it will be forever, but in this moment of my life, uh, I think that the shift uh, um, has been more towards like, I want to use my time and creativity to do something that follows the path of the happy broadcast, but it doesn't have to be the happy broadcast, you know, but like when you're using your creativity for a more like, we rather than I, you know, like philosophies of East and West uh, follow patterns like Easterners thinks in terms of like we, the community, Westerners are more like the I, the individual. So I feel like that a lot of time for what I was saying before, the mimetic desire, you know, we think like I need that job, I need that, you know, status quo, I need that role. Uh, And we tend maybe to ignore that, you know, what makes us happy is like something different. Um, so for me, and I never objectify choices, you know, I, I'm totally against like the gurus that says like, it worked for me, let's all do it. Uh, that's a, that's a secret <laughs> recipe to success. But yeah. I felt that, you know, my mental health was very challenged, you know, like, and despite the fact that I could have like pushed through and maintain everything that I had, like a great salary, great position, Uh, It was only natural to me to just reassess what are my values? What what do I want to do? You know, because every sort of like creative age comes and should come with that like famous question that I said before. It's like, what do I want now? And for me now, again, it was more like shifting my my focus from the I to the we, to like how can my creativity serves you know, the community or make an impact that is not quantifiable and should not be quantifiable in like how many, you know, users do I have, you know, am I generating revenues uh, um, and, you know, just, just be that. And again, you know, being super privileged that I had the opportunity to do this again, that goes back to not objectifying because there are like people that has families, expenses, responsibilities. So, but for me, it will be, it would have been like, I don't know, like very bad to have the opportunity and not, and not do that. Um, and also, again, I'm also doing stuff that generates money. Okay. I I don't want to paint this picture of me just doing (laughs) like pro bono, but there is a big difference between like just do something that you love uh, like one hour a day after work after having been in like 25 meetings uh, or just split your day into parts where like half of the day is dedicated to things that you love and the other is to you know do project to you know um raise some money yeah and i'm i'm not uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar. This might be really like common knowledge, but it wasn't to me. You know, I feel like with the way that culture has developed, we have a lot less, we don't have a lot of texts that tell us kind of how life can evolve. And I found a lot of interest and insight in this notion of, the two journeys. And I think there's even maybe more than that, but it sounds like exactly what you're talking about, where the hero's journey is the start where you're, you're trying to develop a healthy ego. You're focusing on yourself. You're trying to become something that has something to contribute. But then the journey that comes after that, you know, sometimes people get locked into that they can't shift modes. And that is a really hard thing for me. You know, they climb a big mountain and then they finish and they're like, all right, where's the next mountain? Rather than shifting into a totally different state where mm-hmm. now it's not about focusing on you and your goals, but how the goals you've achieved have molded you into something that can contribute to other people. 
And I just think it's a really, your, your story is a really good illustration of that. And even whether the people are in the first journey or the second journey, or maybe one after, I think that kind of, I think your story is a cool framework for thinking about that kind of path. I think so. I, 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 you know, I've, I've, and, and if we were having this conversation in my thirties, it would have been like a different story. And maybe at the time I was, a, um, I was like a jerk, you know, treating <laughs> the people that was working for me differently because while you're learning, uh, uh, you know, um, you know, like learning to be an entrepreneur is like yeah. super challenging, you know, yeah. without having mentors and you have to, as a creative person, it's like one, probably one of the most challenging thing that happened to me, it's to be a good leader, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but that is like related to the fact that, you know, we, we are wired to believe that career is like an upward trajectory, you know, True. it's like always go up and up and up and up. Uh, but I feel like that, you know, like, because we also have this like idea that like failure is like a, like a, a scarlet letter that you have yeah. on you forever. But for me, and the, 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 the right philosophy for my life is a zigzag that goes in every direction and goes yeah. back and goes up and down and sideways. It's the best thing because you have so many people that you touch, that you learn from, um, chances to work on things that you would have never thought. Um, yeah. Because sometimes when you're like too obsessed with this like vertical growth, you know, you just like close yourself off like possible opportunities or like meeting people, take the time to have a coffee with someone, you know, like donate your time also yeah. to, you know, mentor other people and, and so forth. And, you know, and, and again, I can say these things because of where I am now, but, you know, the failures, um, the things that I, you know, regret that I've done, you know, are all there, you know, like, yeah. but they're all part of this like journey, you know, like, um, the narrative in society is, is often to just celebrate, uh, you know, when, when you get at the peak of the mountain and just say, see, that guy did yep. it, but there is not a lot of like narrative on how you got there. Cause yeah. maybe some people had to step over other people, or maybe some people failed like a million times. Maybe some people lost everything to get there, you know, yeah. like, and so for me, celebrating this culture of like, you know, obsession with success and, and power, uh, which is something that they bought into, you know, like, again, yeah. you know, like I'm saying this not as a saint, you know, like sure. I say this because I've been part of that, like identify myself as the person that I was in my job, you know, like, yeah. like use my success uh, to be, to represent who I am, you know? And, yeah. and I feel like that what I've learned is that it's the worst thing that you can do, you know, like going back to what I was saying, life is life, career is career, you know, like, so the value that you decide to have in your life should definitely also be part of your career, but not vice versa, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And I also think the challenge then in that phase is, like you said, you still have to make money and it becomes the next challenge isn't making it, it's being the master of both worlds and being able to ebb and flow, which that kind of switching is very challenging, but it can be really rewarding. And the, the, the other thing that, um, and I, and by the way, I say that too, that's the current challenge for me. And I really suck at it. I'm not saying it like, I'm not saying it's rewarding because I've figured it out and I'm living it. It's rewarding when I can figure it out, which right now isn't that, that often. I'm still trying to figure it out. <laughs> but as you were um, talking, I was thinking about, you have this picture of the mountain and that's kind of how we typically think about career and success and life is that up and to the right kind of line. But then you were saying, then you said that it's really much more like, going this way and that way and up and down or all over the place. And I thought, oh, it goes right back to the analogy you've said 
a couple times, which is the pinball machine. And I thought, yeah, yeah. guess what? On a pinball machine, you got to go all the way back down to, to find the next thing that's going to hit you up back to the top and score some extra points. Like yeah, there's a natural, like you go up and down. That's just all a part of it. And sometimes in your own yeah. creative path, you have to have the, and I, I kind of feel like I have seen that in my own life. Uh, there are times where I felt like I was on the top of the mountain. And then there's other times where I'm like, I'm back down and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I do understand. Um, and by the way, I'm, I'm sure you're going to do awesome stuff. So, uh, <laughs> As, as a loyal fan, I, I know sure. that you're going to do like amazing things, but I feel like that when we do something and we're good at it, I feel like that the risk is always to find yourself too comfortable in it. Uh, yeah. And at some point you, you just lose the steam or you just like give up on, you know, the curiosity or like do more things and explore more. Uh, so for me, that has always been the thing that scared me the most. And it, and it affect me, affecting me to the point where maybe I'm too much on the other side of the spectrum where, you know, I'm like a unstable, you know, particle, <laughs> you know, I'm always moving. I'm always like shaking <laughs> because, you know, I grew up in a, you know, in a family like middle class family. My dad did the same job like forever. Uh, yeah. And growing up, I was like scared about that. You know, I was like, um, scared of like, you know, spending 50 years, 60 years doing the same thing and then finding myself in my, you know, senior years with like, now I want to explore the world. Now I want to see things. Um, yeah. So for me, it has always been the almost the opposite of like, I want to see things. I want to explore, even if that means that, you know, I have to leave behind things that I'm good at. You know, even if I have to give up on, you know, jobs that for some people are like, are you crazy? Like when I quit my job, like some, some, some people were like, dude, it's a recession, you know, like yeah. the job market yeah. is crazy. What are you doing? But again, to me, the reward in that, especially if you're like financial savvy, you, that's another yeah. thing to consider that is going to help so many creatives. Uh, you know, I do like, I do like these like, um, free mentorship sessions Yeah. and like 70% of the sessions are always about, you know, giving people like financial tips to just like set themselves to the point of like being able to make some decisions, yeah. uh, because that's very important. That's something that no one talk, you know, yeah. in most of the, in most of the speech about creativity is always like how to be more creative, how to be more inspired. But there are like also practical stuff that gives you an opportunity to take some time off, you know, yep. or, you know, have a little bit of a, like a breathing room um, to make decisions where you don't have to constantly be like paycheck to paycheck. And so you're struggling to have some time to uh, think about what's your next, you know, step. So um, yeah, lot, there are like a lot of elements. There's not a, I feel like there's not a lot of uh, advice around or, or there doesn't, there's not a lot of talk around how when you have extreme financial pressure, you're yeah. going to find it almost impossible to access that creative side of your brain. Um, and so I think that that's really spot on. What? I want to, uh, I don't want to take too much of your time. And I feel like we got a huge pile of really interesting stuff for me to think about. So I'm sure people listening have a similar experience, but we, we got to do this again. Cause I feel like we could go for a lot longer. Yeah. I mean, again, I didn't say it in the beginning, but, uh, and this is going to be my fanboy, you know, moment, <laughs> but you know, like. Uh, you always like give people an opportunity to like share their knowledge. But, you know, from my side, I also want to thank you because your project is all about education. And like I said before, yeah. it's the and curiosity. It's like the best thing because because of people like you, you know, some other folks uh, are, you know, have access to like free, you know, information yeah. and experience and so forth. And so being part of this is just definitely like a box that I'm t 
ticking in my life goals yeah. that I was saying before, which is like, uh, I have the opportunity of like speaking to you and your audience and, and it's just amazing. So I, I, I just want to, I, I have clammy hands and, and all of the, all of the <laughs> things. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very thankful. So, uh, thank wow. you so much. And I, I look forward to have a pizza with you. So if that's yes. the best conclusion, and you're in New York, pizza right? With pizza. <laughs> I just moved to New York. Yes, I just okay. moved to New York. And so I already have a map of the best pizza oh. places. Uh, awesome. So anyone in New York, they can just reach out and I'll be a, a, a pizza tour guide. That's amazing. And I, I'll, I'm going to take you up on that. I, I'll pro- I think I'll be there sometime in the next six months, but I'll, I'll give you a heads up. And uh, I just want to say thank That's you amazing. so much for uh, all the kind words. The feeling completely mutual. I just super respect what you do. I think your art is incredible and hilarious and human. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we finally got the chat on here. Um, so thanks, man. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Last chatting with Mara. Really appreciate you taking the time, man. Hope we get to hang and eat pizza really soon in New York City. I wanted to come back and share a creative call to adventure as we do at the end of these episodes where we take some of the ideas and we put them to action. The CTA this week is Set Your Art Free by Doing Free Art. And here is what I mean. I was really inspired by Mauro having this pro bono side to what he does with the uh, happy broadcast and the different mentorships that he does. I thought that was incredible. And it got me thinking, even just for starters, through the lens of what would I do creatively happily? What could I afford to do happily? for free. And it got me thinking about, it reminded me of how I have heard some creators say they will do a job for free and they will do a job for good pay, but they won't do anything in between. And I have friends that will give away products and they will sell their expensive products, but they won't do anything in between. And I think that that kind of binary mindset of either I'm gonna get paid what I'm worth for this, or I'm going to do it completely outside of the realm of commerce, that kind of binary is something that I feel is easy for our heads to wrap around. And I'm not suggesting that you have to adopt that as a practice or do any of your creative stuff for free even, but just the springboard of thinking about which parts of this practice would I do if there was no money, if I had the time to do it and there was no money, which of the things that I do would I do? for for free without getting paid for it. For me personally, I started thinking about how the interview episodes of this show I would do if there was no microphone. These are just people I want to talk to. So that's something that has got to stay in my practice. I've also been toying with the idea of you know, I used to do a lot of creative direction calls and uh, and help people with creative strategy and and work on their creative practice with them. I do. I used to do that um, quite a while back. I opened up some recently in correlation with the Invisible Things book launch, and I've just absolutely loved it. It's one of my favorite ways to spend time. It's a very creative problem solving energy. And I've thought about, well, maybe what I could do is open some up and it work on a sliding scale based on someone's income where there is a level where if you fall below this, I could afford to take on a few of those calls a month completely pro bono. And so I've been using this prompt to think about how I could create space to create 
outside of commerce or even the hope of commerce? Is there an area of your creativity that you want to remain pure? Maybe there's a piece of your creative practice that you tried to monetize, but it hasn't worked and it's actually taken the fun out of it. Are there, you don't have to do it for all of your things, but there are there things that you want to make that are just for you. Maybe you want to make paintings that are only for your home or only for gifts or only for your kids. Like what pieces of your practice do you want to remove money and commerce so that you can remember what it's like to play again without the pressure of it needing to be for sale or be on somebody else's specs. Thanks to Mauro for taking the time. We really, really appreciate all your input, buddy. And uh, I'm sure a lot of creators are going to get a ton from this chat. Go check out Mauro's work, M-A-U-R-O-G-A-T-T-I on Instagram. And check out his project, The Happy Broadcast. Both are definitely worth following. And don't forget, if you go to creativepeptalk.com and you sign up to our newsletter, you'll get an email every week when we drop an episode so you never miss one, as well as very few times a year, we'll update you on bigger news. And if you sign up there, you'll get access to the back catalog of archived episodes, as well as a free Creative Career Path e-booklet. That's a big part of this show, and it's a workbook that you can actually work through and print out. Um, You can sign up for that at creativepeptalk.com right on the sidebar. Massive thanks to Yoni Wolf and the band Y for our theme music. Thanks to Connor Jones of Pending Beautiful for editing this show. Thank you to Katie Chandler, Ryan Appleton, and Sophie Miller for content assistance of all sorts. And until we speak again, stay pepped up. Mm